Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. The message of the book of Hebrews is just as important today as it was when it was written. With the busyness and distractions of life, our hearts can drift and harden. We need to stay focused on Jesus, our God, and remember all He has done for us. We will come before you, Lord, and wonder, wonder. We will fall on our knees and surrender, we surrender to you. And now here is part three of Cheryl's message titled, Jesus is God. There's a danger to ignoring or neglecting the great message of God. And he points to the message of Moses. If there were consequences to disobeying or neglecting Moses' message, which was inferior to the great message of Jesus Christ, And and this is an argument from the lesser to the greater. If ignoring the message of Moses had consequences, so much more ignoring the message of Jesus Christ. The author is uh, using the Psalms to talk about an incident that happened in the book of Numbers. And what happened in the book of Numbers Uh, Numbers 13 and 14, is that the Israelites, after walking with God, after being delivered out of Egypt, having the Red Sea part before them, having the cloud cover by day and the pillar of night, the visible, the visible presence of God that could be seen by all the people, after seeing Mount Sinai, where the thunder thundered around it, where the lightning struck, where the mountain shook, after receiving the sweetened waters that had been bitter, but the tree was thrown into it and it was made sweet. After being valiant over the attacks of the Amalekites, as Moses sat on the mountain raising his hand, after receiving water out of a rock, every day the faithful manna from heaven, they come to the very edge. It's time to go into the promised land. The 10 spies go in. Of those spies, two come back and said, I'm sorry, 12 spies, two come back and say, oh my goodness, the land is wonderful. Look at these grapes that we've gotten. It's all good. It's so great. But the other spies say, oh no, it's got giants. It's got fortresses. It's got armies. No, 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 no. This is not good. I can't believe that's the land God promised us. There, you know, and the people begin to cry. And they begin to wail saying, God, God has failed us. He brought us this far just to kill us. Don't judge these people. Judge not lest ye be judged. Because God has done so much for us. And he brings us right to the edge of of receiving all the promises. And we say, oh, I'm going to die. This trial is going to take me down. This is the one. 
And this is what the children of Israel did. And they refused to go into the promised land because they did not believe the word of the Lord. They didn't believe that the promises were really on the other side and that God would take down the giants and God would make the walls fall down of all the fortresses and give them the victory just as he promised. Even though God had been so faithful, even though God had already done so many great things for them, it said they forgot, they forgot. And so they couldn't enter in to the promise. And this is what God said. Well, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. That was the way God God saw that. When they refused to believe, God called it the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This is the consequence of ignoring the message. It causes the heart to be hardened. Every time you put off the conviction of the Holy Spirit, Every time that it's not given priority, a little callus develops on your heart and gets harder and harder. Every time it's left unattended, the heart becomes more calloused to the word of God until you stop hearing the word of God. Years ago, I was in an afterglow and I was leading it and I had this vision And I had a vision of a black velvet bag filled with ashes that was in the back of a closet. And I had felt the spirit say to me, it's bitterness and I want you to announce it. And I remember I'm leading the afterglow and I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm not really a vision person. I mean, I'm more like I'm leading this afterglow. This is what I'm saying to God. Can you believe it? Well, I'm trying to be open to the Holy Spirit and lead these women and worship. I'm arguing with the Lord telling him, I don't want to give the vision because I don't want people to look at me like a person who gives visions. I'm all worried about my reputation. Can I just be like the cool person who just leads? You know, I I don't really want to participate. I just want to lead. And I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, if you neglect this now, I won't speak to you again. And I said, I see, I see a black velvet bag. It's filled with ashes. The ashes represent bitterness. It's in the back of the closet. A girl screams from the back of the audience. Screams like, ah, that's me. I have my mother's ashes in a black velvet bag in my closet at home. And I'm so bitter at the Lord that he allowed my mother to be murdered. Now what? I said, I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> you know, you around her, surround her. Let's pray for her. She stood laid hands on her. We prayed for her. But I'll never forget that. If you harden your heart, Cheryl, if you refuse, because I was in my 20s, right? If you refuse this word, if you don't move on this, that I'm speaking to you, you're not, you're going to not hear me. And I'll tell you, if there's one thing I want, I want a sensitivity to hear the voice of the Lord. I want to know, as it says in Isaiah, you will hear a voice behind you saying, go to the right or go to the left. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. But every time I don't give it priority, 
Even as a believer, my heart will harden and rebellion will ensue. When we refuse to obey God's message, we're going to listen to another message that will lead us away from God, that will cause us to go astray in our hearts. And why do we do this? Because we do not know God's way. We do not know God's ways, that God's ways are good, that God's ways are gracious and merciful. And we often assume that God is saying something he's not or requiring something that he's not or assuming that God is something that he isn't. How many times we think that God is cruel or arbitrary when God is good and God is gracious and God is kind. And we assume that God is doing something that he's not doing. We assume that he's breaking us when he is getting ready to build us. And we lose out on the promises of God. We never reach the destination that God intends. We never fulfill the purposes that God has for us. And we never receive the blessings that God wants to bestow. I was telling um, the women in leaders meeting, it just came to me while we were there because I had forgotten this incident. But I was in high school and I had this craving for the Jack in the Box tacos. And so there was a long queue or line of cars, but I went through it. I gave my order to the clown and I came around and I paid my money and I drove off without my tacos. And I didn't realize it till I was like two blocks away. You know, like, where are the tacos? I had paid my money. I had been in that line. I had ordered them. And I didn't go back. I didn't go back, one, because I didn't want to get in that line again. Two, I didn't want them to remember or recognize me. The girl who pays for tacos, just have a nice day. Give them to the poor. But I think so many times we're like that in our, in our Christian walk. We're, you know, we're waiting in line. We're, we're, we're investing. We're investing our lives. We're giving up things. And we're so close to the tacos. So close to the promises of God where we can eat, where we can taste them. And it's then we just drive off. We drive off and we never get the tacos. And you don't we need, we need to hold on. And this is what he says, hold on, get a grasp of this. Don't leave without the tacos. And so if you don't get anything else, remember, do not leave without the tacos. But we are to learn from their example. When you are tested, we will all have a day of testing, a day of trial. When things go wrong, when hardships ensue, when persecution arises, this is the time to listen, to heed God's word. It's the time to draw closer to the Lord and put your ear as close to him as possible, to hold fast the confidence that we have in Christ, to hold fast what he has promised us, to hold fast onto what he has done for us and what we have received from him, to hold fast to the joyful hope that we have in Jesus and to resist a heart of unbelief, to resist those voices that are telling you that your way is better, 
to resist the voices that offer an alternative to what God's word says. And the alternatives is deceitfulness of sin. This is gonna get you where you wanna go. Do it this way. Or the false promises of sin and rebellion. If sin didn't make false promises, no one would ever sin. But it's deceitful. That's how people get tricked into sin. Because it promises this immediacy. And it's, it's like the mafia. You know, it, it gives you all this money and then comes back and says, we're going to break your fingers unless you pay it all back right now. You have to resist doing something contrary to God's word. And we need to respond immediately to the Holy Spirit's conviction and not give our hearts an opportunity to harden or become callous, not to put it off because it will only, only cause our heart to harden. It will keep us from hearing and being sensitive to the leading of the Lord, to the work of the Lord, to the voice of the Lord. The writer of Hebrews wants us to know that hardness of heart can happen to anybody. We are not exempt, even as believers, from having our heart hardened. He reminds us that all the Israelites were delivered from Egypt. God intended to bring all of Israel into his promises. However, because they refused to believe the message, they rebelled against God's word. He, they said, God's word's not true. Again, there are giants in the land. And God was angry and their corpses fell in the wilderness, not in the promised land. They died without the promises in a dry place. And we must beware an evil heart of unbelief. We need to catch ourselves at the very inception. I wanna to say to you right now as a warning, is there a part of God's word or a promise that you are not believing? Is there something that's holding you back from believing God's promise or God's word to you? You need to confess it, turn from it, because it will lead you away from the living God. And, and sometimes we think, well, I'll just hold on to this little iota of unbelief. But Galatians 5.9, Paul says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little unbelief will begin to creep in and take more and more territory of our heart. God has given us the ultimate message through Jesus. How much greater the folly if we do not listen to the message of God through his son, the apostle, the high priest, the faithful one, the appointed, the builder, the son, the one who Moses pointed to. Because only Jesus can bring us into all the promises of God. But if we do not listen, we will not achieve the promises that God intends for our life. We will not experience the security of our faith, the confidence. We will not experience the joy or rejoicing of our hope. We will not experience being partakers of all Christ has earned for us. Christ has earned all the blessings and favor of God. And he wants to make us partakers in all that belongs to him. And this is what we miss out on when we do not believe his word, his promises. 
what would unbelief look like as a believer? It would be like this. God has only forgiven some of your sins, but not all of them. My dear sisters, Jesus Christ has forgiven every single one of your sins. You are not responsible for any of them. They've all been paid for. But if you are trying to atone and make up for that past, you're going to miss out on the rest. You're going to miss out on the joy. You're going to miss out on the confidence and the security. Your sins are 100% paid for by the cross of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ has covered every sin. What does unbelief look like? Unbelief looks like you have to earn God's favor. When God's favor was earned for you through Jesus Christ, it's when you're substituting grace for works and you're reading your Bible not to get closer to the Lord or get your ear right up to him, but you read your Bible as a work. Like I must read my Bible if I want God's love if I want God's goodness. No, you read your Bible so you can get closer to know God's goodness, to know God's grace, so you can have that security, so you can have that peace, so you can have all the promises of God. Sometimes we read just to know what promises are ours and go, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I could have that one. I'll take five. We need to keep from hardened hearts. Recognize your own vulnerability to a hardened heart. If it happened to Israel, it can happen to you. You need to beware. The author tells us beware, which means you have to be on the alert for unbelief in your own heart. Ask God to show it to you and then repent, which just means turn from it. Turn from that place and turn to the Lord. Strengthen your grasp on Jesus Christ. Strengthen your grasp on all that Jesus has done for you. Maybe tell yourself, Jesus died for this. Jesus has covered this. Jesus loves me. I'm adored by Jesus. Invest your time and attention on Jesus. Turn your eyes on Jesus and all he's done. Strengthen your grasp. Get your hold so strong. I'm not letting go of you for anything. I remember when I was scared as a child, I would get a hold of my dad's hand. You know, it's so funny. I always used to think I was holding onto his hand. You know, my little tiny hand holding that great, big, rugged hand. To this day, I can still remember the feel of my daddy's hand. My dad did not have soft hands. He had calloused hands, but they were so strong. And when he would take a hold of my hand, I felt so secure. I felt so safe. Get a hold of Jesus' hands. They're calloused. They had nails put through them for you. They are the most loving, strong hands. Get a grasp of that. But you know what's funny? When you get a grasp of that, you'll find out he's holding your hand even tighter and he's not letting go. As he said in John 10, nobody, nobody can remove you from my grasp, nothing. And as Paul said in Romans chapter eight, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Strengthen your grasp, strengthen your 
hold. One of the ways we can strengthen our grasp, we can strengthen our hold, that we can recognize unbelief, that we can beware of it, is as we exhort each other. As we encourage each other, we encourage ourselves. Have you ever had that? Where you are just like encouraging someone in the Lord, honey, you stay close to Jesus. And as you're doing it, the Lord's going, you too. That's for you also. Okay, but this is good stuff. And it's all coming back at you. Oh, the more I encourage others, the more I'm encouraged in Christ. Like right now, we encourage people to buy up the opportunity today. Today, he the voice of the Lord. If God is speaking you to you today, then do it. Encourage them to faith, to believe God's word, that they might enter into the rest and the promises. Sometimes it's just telling them all the promises. When I used to teach Sunday school, I would bring this box and I would open up the box. Well, first of all, what I would do is I would collect every child's name before we started. And then at the end, I would tell the kids, if you listen to the story, if you sing all the songs and cooperate with the songs and the singing and our craft, then at the end of class, I will draw a name out of this jar. And if I call your name, I'm going to ask you a question. And if you get the question right, because you've listened and you've cooperated, you get your choice of all of one of these prizes in this box. And then I would open the box and I would show them bubblegum tape. Or I would show them, you know, you get this pin with all these different colors on it. Or you get this balsa airplane. And I would just get a variety of prizes and I would put them in that box. One year I was teaching Sunday school up at family camp and I had these really naughty boys that thought they were really funny by changing each other's name tags. They had traded name tags so I could never know their names. I said, that's great. You can do that. That is so funny. You're so cute. But if I don't know your name, then you can't have one of these prizes. Just sorry. But, you know, these are for the kids that listen and whose names I know. And I opened it up. When I got to the bubble tape, this one kid goes, my name is Lance. I want my name tag back. Give it back now. And he did win the bubble tape. As I encourage and exhort others, and sometimes it's just telling them all the promises that are available to them in Christ Jesus. I'm taken out and going, oh, in this box, there's peace. In this box, there's joy. In this box, there's healing. In this box, there's restoration. In this box, the promises of God. And sometimes I'm just bringing out the promises and showing it and saying, all these can be yours if you listen. And at the end of the study, if you can answer the questions, you can come and you can pull any prize that you need out of this box. The word of God is proven. His message is proven. Second Samuel twenty two thirty one, Psalm eighteen thirty. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. It absolutely works. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. Psalm twelve six. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. The people in the wilderness did not believe the word of God. And they missed out on all the promises, even though everything that God had said had come true. Everything. God keeps his word. How much more this ultimate word that we have in Jesus Christ, we need to listen to it. And what the spirit speaks to us through Christ, we need to act on it. And so we're going to encourage people to let go of the sin and the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort them. Sin is deceitful. 
It might let you have something right now that's pleasurable for like five minutes, but it's going to extract from you for the rest of your life. Exhort them to the immediacy of the hour and the potential of all the promises that are being jeopardized by unbelief. Jesus is God's perfect ultimate message to each one of us individually because all the promises of God are ours through Christ Jesus. And we need to listen to Jesus. Hold fast to Jesus. God has given us the ultimate message through Jesus. It's the most precious and important thing we can give our attention to. It takes us from death and darkness and brings us into life and truth. It gives us a purpose, a future, and a hope eternal. As we listen to this message and receive it by faith, we will receive the forgiveness and freedom that God wants us to live in. We will experience true life as our minds are renewed and we are transformed into the image of Christ. Jesus has done it all for us. All we need to do is listen, believe, and put our faith in Him. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at four reasons for rest as we continue our series, Our Great Faith, in the book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.